This is Tackle the Text, and guess what? I got the whole crew back with me again. I've got next to me Pastor Torrance, Pastor Rama, and Pastor Hammond. Boy, it's good to have a crew back. Y'all doing all right? What's going on, Pastor? Man, I've been feeling handicapped. We've been doing some of them with just you and me, and then uh, Pastor had to take his kids to California, and then it was just us three. I can't handle y'all jokers without Rama here. Man, but the boys are back. The boys is back in town. Boys, man. We're back. (laughs) What you going to do? Y'all good? You good? Man, I'm I'm excited about this one because so we've been opening up tackle the text to yeah, just yeah, not yeah. Uh, certain scriptures, but to just topics. And so <laughs> y'all <laughs> really went crazy um, with the three of us on yeah, the topic yeah. of self and then the relationship. Oh, so the last four have been crazy. Crazy. Wow. Um, but now, Raymond, you back? I think. We're going to kind of just throw you the lob because yeah, I know you yeah. got it. I can tell you refreshed yeah. and ready to go. Yeah, We're going to go. throw you the lob and let you go. Without, can you tell them we no. don't have a topic yet? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> oh, so this is the difference. Okay, all right. So we let you all in on the background. We don't even have a topic. Yeah. All right. So Pastor Torrance has been brewing with this one. And, uh, and we really want to show people uh, they think that a lot of it is scripted. But it really is, thy word have I hidden in my heart. Yeah, it's overflow of reading and studying. So, Pastor Torrance, what are we talking about today? Well, you know, there's something out here that I I, I believe has been really just residing and resting for a long time. That is just being a good person. Can that get me into heaven? Like, am, am am I just good being a good person? Is just being a good person good enough? And I think that's been really something that's just been resting with a lot of people because you hear that a lot. You know, I'm a good person. I don't do anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't hurt people. I don't, I don't tell no, no fibs. You know, I do, I do the best I can to be a good person, Rena Pastor. I do the best I can to be a good person. But, but is that good enough? And I don't really think it is. So, so, <laughs> so today... <laughs> Oh, you don't put us in a tough spot now, man. So, so we're getting ready to talk about salvation by works. That's what I hear. Yeah. Salvation by works as opposed to salvation by grace, yeah. which is the antithesis yeah. of the argument. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start with you, Pastor Hammond. <laughs> is being good good enough? Now, let me, what's the whole question? Is being good good enough or is being good good enough to get to heaven? Which is the real question? Well, we can start with is being good enough. Good. It's being good, good it's enough. Being good, good enough. And then ultimately, ultimately, it's being good, good enough to get into heaven. Yeah. All right. You can answer either one of those, but it's being good, good enough. I think for me, pastors, it's the mindset of there's always more. Um, I think we we put good um, at a level, and some take it further and get into perfectionism. And the problem with that is perfectionism doesn't make you perfect. I go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And behold, a man came unto him, come unto Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? So this goes into to heaven conversation. And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? Because there is only one who is good. Yes. And if you would enter into life, keep the commandments. Mm. So I think that the answer about doing good is following the commandments because there's only one who is good. So then you're saying that as it relates to good, all humanity is out of the equation. 
And there is, according to the scripture, Matthew, there is only one good. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. Pastor, Pastor Raymond. I, I, want to, I want to add to what Pastor said because, of course, this is not scripted, so we'll just go with the flow. But, but when, you, when you started out with um, that text, I think that was the same text where he told Jesus all the things he's done from his youth. I have done this and I have done this. And then Jesus turns to him and says, one thing that lackest. So whenever you go to Jesus with your good works, you always lack something. Let's flip it around. How can Jesus say one thing thou lackest when we see in Scripture that Jesus is drawn to lack? <laughs> Case in point will be Jesus feeding the 5,000. There was lack. He didn't say, we lack this. He said, give me what you have, and I will give you what you have. So why, do you, why, why is it that Jesus is looking at this man and telling him you lack something? When you are all sufficient and you can do anything with anything. Mm. So I think, and I've heard this um, said, this is not me, but I think Jesus did not come to make um, bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Mm. And I think it's important for us to understand that it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. This is not, it's by grace that we are saved. And when we approach God from a works perspective, we lose sight of the fact that it's all about God. And there's always one thing you lack. And always one thing you lack. But when you come to God saying, I lack something, God says, oh, no, you have everything. You have everything. Wow. I think this really uh, bounces off a message, the one that I just preached uh, about Zacchaeus um, on Sunday in spite of me. And I think, based on that story alone, that there's going to come a time and I think people are going to be surprised at this. Not um, This is purely subjective. I, I can't give a scripture, but I think that most people agree with this. But there's going to come a time where we're going to look up and see uh, that people we thought were going to be in heaven are going to be in hell. And people who lived uh, bad lives are going to be in heaven. I really believe that. I think that a lot of the stuff that we spend Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays arguing about, I think God doesn't even care. I think we have to entertain certain things because of what our religion and our um, uh, denomination and, and, and culture precipitates that we discuss. But I think a lot of the stuff that we spend a lot of time arguing about in our denominations and churches I just think that God wouldn't even care about. I mean, I I hear Bishop Jake say this all the time. If Jesus came into the modern church today, we'd have to explain to him what was happening. (laughs) I mean, there was there was no no no. Jesus would walk in and say, "What what are you what are you doing? Where where is the holies of holies? (laughs) Where's the table of showbread?" Where's the where's the golden uh, golden lampstand? Where where's the incense? Where's the where's the altar of sacrifice? Yeah, yeah. So I think that we're going to look up and see people that we thought were rah rah, depart from surprise surprise. I think we're going to see some people who lived a bad life, and when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, how you get here? And and we're going to recognize that God's criteria was a lot different than ours. My Pastor goodness, Torrance. My goodness. 
You know, this, this subject comes up a lot when people uh, are hurt in a lot of ways because they're trying to figure out why would this hurt find my address? Like, why would this particular hurt be re reserved for me, being that I am this type of person? But, but I lean more on the side when you say, I am this type of person. What you're really telling me is that you're self-righteous. Mm. Because to call yourself good, like Rima said, to call yourself good is to, is to say that I have all the qualities that would please God. And God is saying that there is none that is That's correct. good. So I, I, I would say that in order to call yourself good, you're actually saying that I am self-righteous. And you put yourself in the place, in a seat that you don't want to sit in, yeah. to call yourself good. And I think, I think that being good, relatively good, measured up against divinity is still not good enough. Remember, the wages of sin <laughs> is death. Absolutely. Man. But the gift of God is eternal life. I, I looked up two scriptures while you were talking. And everybody at home, I want you to get these two scriptures and put these in your Rolodex. We're yes, talking sir. about... Is being good, good enough. And we live in a time where people always rationalize, I'm a good person. I'm good, I'm good. But, but is it the standard that you set for good or is it the standard that God set God. for good? All right? Romans 3.23, famous scripture. Oh, oh boy. For by, the Bible says this, I'm going to read it in a very, very literal translation, not King James, one that you can understand. For everyone has sinned. Instead of saying all have fallen, mm -hmm. for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's standard. Because yeah. wow. <laughs> we can say wow. all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's church language. Let me put it in wow. English. Wow. Everyone is a sinner wow. and everybody falls beneath God's standard. So when you say I'm a good person, yes, you may be good measured up to the person that you're better than. But remember, God has a standard that even the person that's better than you yeah. hasn't reached hasn't God's reached. standard of good. Wow. That's Romans 3.23 in the New Living Translation. Yeah. Everybody's a sinner, and everybody falls short of God's standard. Yes, All right, here's the New Living Translation, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And then I'm going to pick up with you, Pastor Hammond. 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6 says this. There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man, Jesus Christ, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. That simply says there will be no people who will ever get to heaven because they were good. There, there will not, when, when we get up there and we look at the Lamb's Book of Life and say, for instance, God has a testimony service and everybody gets to grab the holy microphone and say, how did you get in here? Nobody will be able to stand up and say, I got here because I was good. So then the question is, Pastor Hammond, are we... And I'm going to put this in your lap and joke it. You better swing at it. And I want all three of y'all, this just came to my head. Everybody answer this question. Started with Hammond, Raymond, and then Pastor Torrance. Are we 
good people who do some bad things or are we bad people who do some good things? Are we good people who do bad things or are we really bad people who, when we do do right, are doing good things? Star Wars, you pass the handle. Uh, I think to answer it from my perspective, I think in, in cases we're both. Ooh. Because there are times where we're good people, we do bad things, and, and vice versa. I go back to that same story, the young man, Jesus telling him about the commandments. He says, I follow all of those. Jesus says, well, if you do, there's one thing you can't do. He says, go sell all your possessions and follow me. I think, Pastor, a lot of us are trying to follow what's good instead of follow who is good. Love it. Because when we follow who is good, he says, I am the good thing. And I think when we follow Jesus, that defines, he personifies goodness. Mm. He personifies honesty and loyalty and humanity and the deity and love. So if we follow that, we'll find ourselves in a good place. I love the answer. So Pastor Hammond says, Pastor Raymond, he says we're both. He says sometimes we're good people who do bad things and sometimes we're bad people who do good things. My question is, I want to know your perspective. Are we bad people who do good things or are we good people who do bad things? He answered the question, so I don't need to answer. So so you say his answer is absolute. I I think his answer is absolutely correct, but um, I'm just going to add this angle to it. I think that we are also um, dead people that do good things and dead people that do bad things. Um, And this is why, because I think we need to understand, I I said it earlier, that Jesus, and you said it, Pastor, let me put it simple, goodness is not a standard. God is the standard. Jesus is the way. I think when we understand that, then we cease to even think, because sometimes you have to question the question. And we cease to ask the question about, am I good or is it bad or is this, is am I alive? Because if I'm alive to God, there's still a tendency for me to do bad, like Paul says, the evil and all of that. So the challenge now is not about am I good or bad. The challenge is am I alive or am I dead? And I'm, and I'm going to say this about goodness because there, there is a part of goodness, and I've, I don't want to go into the Greek and all of that, but it's a part of goodness that comes from the, spirit and the, the fruits of the Spirit because goodness is also a fruit of the Spirit and all of that. And what we're talking about is the walks part of it. And even the Bible talks about goodness following us. Yes, sir. But from a walks perspective, Pastor Torrance, would you agree with me that I think that we are not saved by good works that we are saved for good works. Hold and on, I, stop I think right there. That's good. That's good. We're, say that again. We are, we are not saved by good works. We are saved for, for good works. Explain that. And I think that that's where the rubber meets the road because a lot of times there's nothing wrong with good works, but there's something wrong with thinking that that is the standard of God. God says, no, no, that's not my standard. That doesn't mean... He, the Bible actually says, and just to piggyback on what pastor said, that Jesus loved this man. The Bible, and every word in the Bible is important. The Bible says when he told him you lack something, he still said, I love this man. So I think there's nothing wrong with good works. The problem is when we think the good work is now a credential, that's when there's a problem. So we are, not, we are not saved um, by good works, but we are saved for good works. And, and, and the question I would rephrase 
um, not to change your question, but I would think about it from a perspective of, am I good or bad? Um, two, am I alive or am I dead? Because when I am alive to Christ, then eventually I would, I would do good. And even the good I want, goodness and mercy would follow me. I love, I love, love, love perspective, Pastor Torrance. Yes, now, I'm going to go from <laughs> maybe strictly a theological perspective right now. Okay. Because a the, 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 the theological perspective would say, how was I born? The, the Bible says I was born into sin and I was shaped in iniquity. in iniquity. Therefore, you are right, Rima. We are dead until we have something that motivates life. So then if we are born into sin and shaped in iniquity, then we are bad people doing good things. Because, yes, I can do something out of my moral, but then my moral only goes so far because then my moral can be swayed. So your standard of bad is dead. Yeah. But I think it's also important that you, you do this because mm -hmm. the common person listening to us watching online, they may say, Pastor, born in a sin. I got that. Sin is what I do that displeases God. But we use so many church um, uh, phrases that may not resonate. Born in it. What is iniquity? Iniquity is not a word, not a word. that we use in yeah. our vernacular. So let's talk about then if you're, and I believe you, mm -hmm. and I think that all three yeah, responses all three, are, are well, home in runs. Line. In line. Yeah. But what's iniquity? Iniquity. Now, when you get into iniquity, iniquity is actually a premeditated thing. Yes, sir. Meaning that if I'm shaped in iniquity, it's my thoughts. What I think about, I premeditate my actions. So I can still have good uh, uh, actions sometimes, but my thoughts, my premeditated thoughts can also drive what I do. So then I'm born into sin, and because I got, I'm born into this particular thing, it shapes my thinking. So then I can't just be born and then be good. Yeah. I have to have something that motivates my good, which now I have to have life. So even if, if, even if I were able to defeat the sin, I would still cease to be good because I can't escape the iniquity. So then what does Paul say in Romans 7? Yes, sir. I got it up. Read I already it, got it up. Yeah. Already got, I got it right here. There it is. I got it right it here, <laughs> sir. Listen, I got it right. I knew there, where you're going. Yeah, Look at that. I, knew you were, I got I it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it up too. <laughs> but see, I don't want to. Let's not go. Let's not I know, go there too fast. Well, we, we can go, but yeah, let's not yeah. go to 18. Let's not go to yeah, Let's yeah. not go 16, 17, 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's bag up. Okay, tell me what verse you Google by the chance. What verse did you Google? 16, 16, see? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's stay away from 16, up. 17. Let's yeah. go up. He's building something. <laughs> he got to go. Go ahead, Reverend. Go what ahead. shall we say? Uh-oh. Uh what uh -oh. shall we say? Uh-oh, Reverend. Absolutely not. Certainly. I would not have known sin except through the law. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Uh -oh. The law the... precedes grace. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I... Would not have known sin except for, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says law, the Ten Commandments, which instituted the law that was given to Moses, thereby which became the Jewish edict of which they did everything, everything. by. So they yes, became sir. so legalistic law yeah. that they created the Sabbath day where yeah. they would rest. But there were 700 plus other laws 
that had to be observed on the Sabbath day, which made it nearly impossible not to sin. Ooh. Oh, God. That when I knew we, so Ooh. we got to go up. For indeed, go up. for indeed, uh-huh. I would not have known what it means to desire something belonging to someone else if the law had not That's said, it. do not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of wrong desires. It was the law that produced the desire to sin. Please jump in, because we don't talk about that no more. An example, a very, very practical example would be, I walk into the house, I don't need to tell Stephanie, um, don't touch the knife. Um, don't, 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 don't put your hand into it in the blender. Don't, don't do this. There is no law, so there is no desire in Stephanie to do that. But when I go into the house and I say, Asher, no, get your sister so she doesn't do this. Don't, don't touch this. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. That is law. And automatically, Asher wants to know, why? Why shouldn't I do that? And I'm saying that to explain what we're saying because people are like, what are you talking about law? Because when you introduce the law, think about this, sir. God told Adam and Eve, don't eat of this fruit. The enemy can only tempt you where God has given you a law. There were other sins, Pastor Pastor Hammond. Why didn't the the devil tempt Jesus to sin, to fornicate? To look at pornography. Why didn't the devil tempt Adam and Eve? Because the devil can only tempt you where there is a law. And the law was do not eat this fruit. Mm -hmm. So that's why Jesus came to do away with the law. And he was the fulfillment of the law. So now, that's what Paul was saying. That this desire that I have came from the law, which was a schoolmaster. So, and and that's why grace is liberating. That's why we are in this dispensation. And and all I want to talk about is just just laying a foundation of where there is a law without knowing that law produces a desire to sin. Don't touch this, Asher. Mm, Why why don't I need to touch it? Well, that's why Paul said this. He says, he said, apart from the law, sin is dead. Sin is dead. Apart from the law, sin is dead. So, it was the law that introduced... The desire for, we wouldn't have known that thou should not commit adultery or thou should not steal, thou should not kill. Do you know how many people had been killed? <laughs> even Jesus, even God killed the lamb for Adam. Yeah. I mean, Before there was ever a law given to Moses, do you know how many deaths had taken place? Yeah. But it was not sin. But it was, it was not, not sin. Because there was no so law. So that's, that, that's why I want to I bring it up because yeah. everybody, yeah. Uh, well, well, he destroyed the world. There was no law. There was no law. When the flood came. No, sir. There was no law. No, sir. When the flood came. So what he did before the law was not sin. Oh, man. And, and when he destroys the world, somebody said, well, what, what's going to happen? Because he's going to destroy the world again by fire. We're no longer under the law. We're no under the law. There it is again. Now we're under covenant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, I did not come. To abolish the law, mm-hmm. Pastor Hammond, but mm-hmm. to fulfill it. Pull out your 16. I'm going to get you there. I knew you was going there. We're I know you like down. the back of my hand. Pull out your 16. We're down. But listen, we're coming down. And I was once alive apart from the law, uh-huh. but with the coming of the commandment, sin became alive, uh-huh. and I died. <laughs> so I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life brought death. <laughs> For sin seized in the opportunity throughout the commandment 
deceived me mm-hmm. and thought I died. Uh-oh. So then the law is holy. Uh-oh. And the commandment is holy, Uh-oh. righteous and good. Verse 13, I'm coming, Pastor Hammond. There we go. Did that which is good then become death to me? Absolutely not, but sin. Sin. So that it would be shown to be sin, produce death. Y'all stick with me. I'm getting there because I'm about to blow your mind. In me through what is good, so that through the commandment sin would become utterly sinful. 14. Uh-huh. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am unspiritual, sold into slavery to sin. Sin. For I don't understand what I am doing. I'm reading another version, but he's going to go to King James and everything going to change. I already know what he's doing. What version of the Bible you got? Yeah. King James. Yeah. Yeah. For I don't understand what I'm, you know what, let me go to King James so that way, (laughs) so that way it makes sense when you get there. I'm going to go to verse 14, King James. For we know that the law is spiritual. There it is. That's my Holy Ghost language. But I am carnal, sold under sin. Uh For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Verse 17. Verse 17, now then, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Stop! Right now. Quit. Wait a minute. Because even if I'm trying to be good, there is something dwelling in me that is taking place without my consent. It's called sin. So then I can't be good. Because even in the absence of my effort, I am still in the presence of sin. Go ahead, Pastor. I I, want to go straight to 18. He says, (laughs) See how he got there anyway. (laughs) That in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth dwelleth no good thing. And I think Paul is trying to let us know that we'll never know good as it relates to the flesh. We'll know good as it relates to the spirit. Because them that are my sons... And my daughters are, follow, are, are led by the Spirit of God. So, so good is uh, a connection to the spirit realm. It's on another level than that of the flesh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pastor Raymond. Now, I was thinking about this, and what comes to my mind is Colossians, where the Bible says, because there is this struggle. There is this yes. struggle. Yes. And, I, and I think about Colossians, I believe it's Colossians 3 or 4, where it says you are dead. But it now turns around and says, and your life is hidden in Christ. So first of all, I'm dead. Now you're telling me my life is hidden in Christ. Then he turns around and say, when Christ, who is your life? (laughs) So Paul is confused. Paul Paul is just a different (laughs) Paul is is just, but I think he's talking about the fact that we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And at every time you you need to understand who is dead and who is alive and and who is saved and who is being saved and who will be saved and all of that. So we need to understand that, that how that works, because when God looks at us, that's that's why, Pastor, you said something. And one of the things you teach us is that God will love you and bless you and do all of that in spite of you, not because of you. The you we're talking about is your spirit. Because if you go by just your walks, and sometimes even your walks, let me put that. Because if you go by your walks, it won't get you anywhere. But now God looks at you, and when he looks at you, and pastor said the same thing, God comes and is like, what is happening here? This is not a church because we are looking at people, judge no man after the flesh. We're looking at people based on the flesh. God is looking at people based in the spirit. That's why Paul can say, 
I, I have defrauded no man. Right. I have done nothing. Right. How can a Paul who killed, stole, he was, I mean, how can a Paul basically say, it's almost like Osama bin Laden coming out to say, I didn't kill anybody 9-11. If Osama, okay, let me, even, let me not even go there. Because that will be, because, because, the, because God doesn't have to kill your enemy for you to go to heaven. I need to be, God died for your enemy. The one you are blocking on social media, the one you don't like, Jesus died for them. And if they accept Jesus, their soul is saved. Their spirit yes, is saved. And I think it's important because Paul says, when Christ, who is our life, but he says, I am, I am dead. My flesh is dead. So constantly, I need us to understand that that struggle we're having is in our flesh. In our spirits, we are solid. God sees us as solid. But that struggle, as long as we're in this earth suit, we are always going to have that struggle. And I want to put this to bed because people are going to ask questions. I'm a Christian, but why am I doing this? I'm this, but why am I doing this? That's fine. That's normal. That's, that's what comes with the territory. You're okay. You're fine. Yeah. Pastor has taught us when you understand what is normal, then it's okay. And this is normal. As long as you're here, you're going to have those tendencies, those proclivities. You're going to have all of that. Yeah. So please settle with it. And that's where the end. See, when you don't understand this, that's where temptation occurs. Yeah. Because temptation, the devil tells you, you did this. It's not about what I do. It's about how he sees me. It's about my spirit. And on, this man. is where the victory is. Because we keep allowing the enemy to tell us what we've done, not my what Jesus God. has done. You know, you, ah. So, Pastor Torrance, because you got to jump in with him, I want you all to bounce this off because he just brought out something that I think is the crux of the conversation, and that is we don't know the difference between the, the soul and the spirit and the body, and one is saved, and one will be saved, and one is being saved. And then you talk about the fact that he did. Paul said, that is me. That is in my flesh. That's it. That's Dwelleth no good thing. But he brings up the idea that when people are not able to uh, pinpoint the goodness or the badness is because it depends on which part of me, part of me. I'm talking about. Let's, let's go there. Let's dive deeper yes, because sir. Yes, sir. most people are just thinking of themselves from the flesh, Pastor Ramo. Yes, I, got, I got a body. This is me. I, but, but this is just a house. It is a shell. Mm -hmm. Donald Lawrence raised the question, are we humans having a spiritual experience or are we spirits? Oh, come on. Having a human experience. Listen, we're going to stop it right there. This thing is getting too hot to handle and too cold to hold. Let me tell you, I am excited about these real and relevant conversations that we're able to have on your behalf because God is downloading in our spirit exactly what the church needs to hear. I want you to make sure that you stay tuned on next week because the second half of this is going to blow your mind. We did it in one day, but we recognized that it was too much to put on one plate, too much meal to digest in one sitting. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to give. We're going to give, and I want you to make sure that you're ready to tune back in next week. They're going to put instructions up on the screen now. Are you ready? All right, get your gift out. You can give through the app, which you can find in the app store and in the market. You can give on our website at lhhouston.church. You can text to give. They're going to put that number up and pin it as well. And if you're a Lighthouse 2.0 member, well, thank God that you use Givelify. Thank you for helping us to feed people all over our region. Thank you for helping us to bless people in disaster relief that we can respond when times are hard. See, we're the church because you're the church. And thank you for giving so that we'll always be meat in the house. 
Part one was special, but you don't want to miss part two. I'll be right here with you next Tuesday at this same time. God bless you. What's up, guys? We thank you so much for watching this message. Be sure if you haven't already, check out the box below. And these are instructions on how to give. Also, if you just don't know where to go, where to turn, who to turn to, if you feel connected to this church, if you feel connected to our pastor in this ministry, be sure to also look down below on how to connect with us and to just join us every single time that you see us on Sundays or Tuesdays, whatever worship service that we may have. And I also want to take this thing out with a prayer for you guys. We pray that this word penetrates your heart. May the blood of Jesus be with you all the days of your life. Everywhere your feet shall tread, he will be with you. We thank you again for watching us and y'all have a good day. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's PK here. And listen, I want to tell you that I get so many DMs, so many messages of people saying, Pastor, how can I connect with you? I love your messages, but going through YouTube is kind of difficult where can I come to a centralized place? We heard you, and that's why we created Lighthouse 2.0. Lighthouse 2.0 is our tribe. It's our village. It's the place where all of the people who say, I want PK to be my online pastor, and PK says, I want you to be my online member. This is the place where we go, the watering hole, the ecosystem, where we all come to grow together, and it is exclusively for you. They're getting ready to put a link up on the screen right now that shows you how you make that exclusive step. And everybody can't get in. So you better take first mover's advantage and get in while you can fit in. I can't wait to see you inside of 2.0. May God bless you and let's do this thing for Christ.